welcome back to On the Ground Podcast, uh, brought to you by the at least well-intentioned pastors at Hill City Baptist Church in Peterborough, <laughs> Ontario. Um, my name is Ben. I'm here with Alex. We are also here with Malachi today. Indeed. No longer merely, or I shouldn't say merely, no longer just an audio technician, now a participant in our discussion today. So we look forward to some serious revelations from Malachi. <laughs> I will do my best. Uh, our purpose of existence, if you don't know it yet, is, is an attempt to synthesize right knowing with right living. Uh, you can't have one without the other, and that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, we are today discussing an already pretty uh, earthy topic. Uh, it's pretty much already on the ground. We're talking about hospitality, uh, the act of having people into our homes, likely sharing a meal, likely sharing some conversation, likely sharing our lives. Um, so we're going to have a discussion on hospitality today. Um, maybe we could begin with, well, I mean, you can begin wherever you want, Al, but uh, maybe some, some reasons for hospitality, uh, why we as Christians, uh, preferably uh, biblical reasons, but why, why we should open up our homes. Are we uh, just insecure? Uh, do we need some friends? Uh, did we make too much food? What are some, <laughs> some reasons behind hospitality? Yeah, I, th I think um, when I was preparing for this, I was looking at the word hospitable, hospitality in the scriptures, but I also broadened my, uh, my research to the idea of being welcomed by God. Mm, yeah. And in Romans um, 15, 7, Paul writes, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. For the glory of God. And the most foundational reason we practice hospitality is that it is an expression of the gospel, mm -hmm. which is the radical welcome of God, um, of his enemies to his table. And there are, there are few uh, better, more tangible, embodied expressions of the gospel that we live out day to day um, and that we have the option, like the choice to live out. I mean, suffering can present itself in a beautiful picture, but, you know, we're, in a sense, we are, we are not in control of how we suffer. Mm -hmm. But we do have the opportunity to, and the, the responsibility to show hospitality to one another. And so, you know, this is not just, like you said, because we have food left over or um, whatever other reason. This is ultimately because that's God's posture towards us in Christ. And uh, we ought to reflect that to others. It's, it's, it sounds a bit, as you're talking there, like um, it's almost uh, a responsibility uh, of Christians to, uh, to be hospitable. Um, yeah. Whereas I think many of us, uh, for various reasons, uh, perhaps see it as, as optional. And, and I mean, I, th I think that's somewhat understandable. I mean, it can be you got to spend more money on groceries. Uh, you have perhaps social awkwardness. You know, the kids might be on your floor. Who knows? Uh, there's, there's complications there, but, but it is a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, multiple scriptures say that. I mean, even um, Hebrew, or sorry, Romans 12, 13, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Mm -hmm. um, it talks in Romans 14, 1 about welcoming the one who's, uh, weak in faith, First uh, Timothy three two and Titus one eight. It's actually a requirement of leaders that they're hospitable. Mm -hmm. So hospitality that's that's a good point. Hospitality is not 
an option for Christians. Um, hospitality is a requirement, and the leaders who ought to exemplify godliness, who ought to exemplify Christ-likeness, who ought to exemplify what it means to live in light of the gospel, one of the defining features of their life is that they are hospitable. Mm. And um, it's, a, it's a sad thing when someone, you know, preaches the gospel and then shuts themselves off from others. Mm. And, and, I mean, what is that saying? Like, you, how are you preaching the radical welcome of God, the, the radical hospitality uh, of God, you know, the glory of the Son of God who came um, eating and drinking with people, you know, if, if you yourself are so closed off from others. So, yeah, it's, it isn't an option. It's actually a requirement of leaders. Mm. And, I mean, how many pastoral search committees have had a question of, you know, how many times a month do you welcome people into your house? Yeah. So maybe we can talk about the, um, wh- what is hospitality? Um, is, it, is it kind of uh, having your friends over and sharing a meal? Is it, is it haphazard or uh, can it be, should it be more intentional? Um, what are we kind of specifically talking about when we're talking about hospitality? Yeah, I think hospitality has to do with the home. And so um, it's not just a posture or an attitude that it actually is tangible and, uh, and, and material. Hospitality is material. So you are sharing um, what you have, whether it be your space and your food and your clothes and your money, whatever it is, you are welcoming people into your space, into your um, life. And it is, a, it is rooted in a posture and an attitude of welcome, mm. of love, of care, of concern um, for others uh, and even outsiders. So mm. this isn't just amongst friends either. This is an attitude towards people who aren't part of your family. Yeah. And again, what do, I mean, what do we see at the end of Scripture? We see a, the banquet, the banquet of the Lamb. Yeah. And who's invited to his table? Well, it's former rebels and enemies. And we, I will probably get more into, you know, the difference between hospitality and entertaining. But Well, you, you could touch on it now. Well, yeah, well, I mean, the way that our culture views hospitality, maybe to flesh this out more, is mainly entertaining. Yeah. And I would, the way I distinguish it, it's not in the um, necessarily the form of what you're doing, i.e. people are still coming to your house, people are still eating your food, people are still receiving from you, whether you are being hospitable or simply entertaining. What's the difference? Well, entertaining is actually selfishly motivated. There is an intention or a goal um, that is self-centered. So Jesus even talks about this when you throw a feast, right? When you gather together, some of you are seeking the highest See, the place of honor. Mm. And, or you're inviting people who can pay you back. He says, mm. when you invite someone to your meal, don't invite the people who can pay you back. Invite people who can't pay you back. And um, hospitality is seeking rather to bless others in the name of Jesus and to give to others and to provide for others. It's not about showing off the new countertop. You know, it's not about... Um, even socially, being the center of the social life. There's mm. a measure of respect and honor and um, praise from man that comes with that. If you have a nice house and you're always entertaining and you can provide for people, there's, 
there's a way that that can be twisted. Um, it's just kind of social posturing. But hospitality is seeking with whatever you have to bless other people. I was just thinking um, in terms of uh, you were talking about inviting people perhaps outside of our circles of comfort yeah. or yeah. familiarity in our home. And I, I, I couldn't help thinking about um, Rosaria Butterfield's, uh, well, her two books, her first one, Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert, where, yeah. um, you know, a local pastor um, invites this raging feminist professor over to their house for a meal. He didn't engage her with, um, you know, feats of rhetoric or, you know, scholarship or uh, it was a very simple act. And, and I, Rosaria recalls in that book, uh, just sitting down at their table, the very first meal and just hearing, I think it was Ken, Ken's his name, the pastor, just pray very yeah. simply. Uh, and it was, it was over the course of two years of, of sharing meals you know, she'd try to drop off the radar and they would come back again and and, uh, and invite her and be intentional about that. But yeah. I feel like uh, sh uh, she's got a lot of good things to say, but especially as far as hospitality has done a lot, a lot for recovering it. And her other book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Yes. Um, uh, encouraging hospitality in ways that we just are very unfamiliar with. Yep. Um, you know, having a budget line for how much money you're spending on food for, yes. for having people in that month. Like, yep. um, so that's just, if, if you're wanting to learn more about this, how it looks on the ground, that's a great resource as yeah, well. Yeah, the gospel yeah. comes with the house key. Yep. Um, her story is amazing. I it feel is. like we yep. could just talk about yep. her story. Yep. Yep. But if we could, maybe we could talk about hospitality and evangelism. Yeah, because this is this is really important. So what we said so far is that hospitality is actually a requirement of Christians. Mm -hmm. It should be a characteristic of leaders, and therefore something that we ought to follow them in, imitate them in hospitality. Yeah. Um, and it is because it is a reflection of the gospel. What does hospitality have to do with evangelism? And and my understanding from scripture and experience is the hospitality is an untapped practice and resource that we have that could be so potent for evangelism. And when we think of evangelism, people think of the end product, the last stage. They think of that, that when you share yeah. the gospel. Very results-driven, yeah. Um, very results-driven, and they maybe think, bring someone to church to hear the gospel, or they think, you know, engage in a conversation or maybe online or something or run an event. Lots of churches run an event. Yeah. I was having a conversation with someone last week and he's asking me, what do you think about street preaching? And I, I support street preaching um, and, and any and every method you can within the bounds of scripture to reach people with the gospel. So I'm not mm -hmm. denigrating any of that. But hospitality is an opportunity to love people is an opportunity to take a risk with people is an opportunity to be vulnerable people um, that if you are not willing to show hospitality if you are not willing willing uh, uh, you are not willing enough to invite people into your home and yet you expect that they will listen to your conversations there's a deficiency in love there that I mean, God uses sinful, broken people, and all of us are deficient in love. But I think sometimes our evangelistic practices are finding another easier way, a quick way. 
the shortcut way to win people to Jesus. And I'm not, I'm not saying any of those things I mentioned is everyone doing that is just doing that. But what I said to this person is, if you want to go street preaching, that's great. But make sure that you are willing to love people. And if you look at your life and realize in every other area, you're not willing to love sinners. You're not willing to engage, to, to be friends with sinners. You're not willing to eat and to drink with sinners. Mm. There's, a, there's a deficiency there. Mm. And I would encourage all Christians to look at their life and say, before we even start talking about your evangelistic strategy, like, how do you love people? Mm. And um, if you don't love, nothing you do can overcome that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, but there's, there, again, we're, we're getting back to intentionality here. Yeah. If you're just kind of uh, expecting, like you're leaving the door open for hospitality to yeah. happen, it likely won't happen. No, it won't happen. You, you have to you, uh, plan for it, um, and, and invite people. Um, it, it, it does bring you out of your comfort zone. But 100%. And here's, here's um, just to, make, to bring it down to the ground. How many people, when we go to work, we've all been here, we go to work and we're just praying for an opportunity to share the gospel with someone. And almost always our work environment is not the place to do that. Like you may work in a place where the conversations lend themselves towards that. You know, maybe you're in a helping profession, you know, maybe you're in the medical field and your coworker starts talking about their view of death or their understanding of humanity. Great. There's a trend, like there's something there. A lot of us, most of us, probably work in situations where there isn't that um, obvious opportunity. Um, but why, what, if, what would happen if instead of praying for three years for that perfect opportunity for them to say something that would be that excellent bridge that you would have the words to, why not next Tuesday see if Jim's can come over with his wife to your house? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. When you do that, you actually are communicating something about the gospel before you've shared it. You've communicating, you're communicating something about the intentionality and the, um, what's it called when you take the first step? The um, initiation. Initiation of God. That God mm. did not wait for us to turn around. Mm. God did That's not wait for sinful rebels to repent. Mm. God sent his son into this world to demonstrate love, the greatest love, which is love for his enemies. He took, this is even, we talk about, you know, eternally God planned this. That God takes the initiative. It is all grace. So when you invite someone into your house who you have no relationship with, you have no friendship with, you have no other reason other than to serve and care and love them, that actually says something to them. And then whatever else you need to say, and you do need to say things, you need to sh- speak words, you yeah. need to speak the gospel, there's more credibility behind it. There's, there's okay, I, you actually believe what you're saying. Mm. Um, so I, I would say not just intentional, but initiative. Hospitality provides a real easy way to take the initiative. And people might find that strange initially, but... A lot of people will be down for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can weigh in here if you want, Malachi. Uh, can any of us think of maybe um, an anecdotal time uh, where we either were the recipients of someone's hospitality, maybe a family in our church, 
or um, saw the benefit of uh, initiating that kind of hospitality, just anecdotally. I just threw that out there, but if anyone has anything. When we were, um, there was a, the, when the transition was happening in our church of some sort and, and you know, I was going to take on more responsibility in the community. Um, one of Rebecca, my wife, and I's first thoughts is we need to be more embedded in the community. Mm. And we need to move into town. And we need to be um, opening our house up to people. And for us, that, was, that wasn't like a super spiritual thing to do. or a, that was just, That's just what you just have to do to care, to, to care for people. And I think... Not, and this is not to take the credit for this, but there's been a, Johnny before us, Johnny and Mel um, opened their house and their apartment and everything to people all the time. And we have had couples in our church, you and Mel, um, the Augers who host, the Hunts who host, both Hunts who host, anyone who's hosted a fellowship group, um, over the years have, have built a culture where homes are opened and people are welcome. And I can say you know, confidently that the culture of our church is something it would not be without that, without people opening their house. I have a, we've had people come to our service, I mean, and say, we have, you know, we have fellowship groups after the service and like, wow, that's crazy that your church does that. And most, you know, in their experience, they go somewhere and they go for an hour and they hardly talk to anyone, they go home. Mm. But for us, I mean, how do you come to even know about the concerns and the burdens that people have? How, where do you pray for one another? Where do you exhort and encourage one another? Yeah. Other yeah. than by making space available, by being hospitable yeah. to people. And, and, and kind of what our small groups have evolved into is, is kind of that, that great blend of everyone brings food. We all share a meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's time for, uh, you know, less, uh, you know, just re- general socialization, which yeah. I think is, is, a, is a good part of hospitality. But yeah. then there's, there's intentional sharing with one another. Yeah. Um, uh, challenges, encouragements throughout our yeah. week. Uh, there's a time for praying for one another. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of, I mean, obviously you don't need to have all of those factors present at every event and fellowship, but um, there's something to be... You, just sharing a meal together and, and chatting about the Leafs game or something, I mean, that's, that's good and that can, that can build a relationship, but there's something to be said for, you know, how are you doing? And maybe that just needs to be a more expected, regular part of our conversation, oh, yeah. hospitality. How, how are you doing spiritually? Yeah. How's, your, how's your prayer life? And, and I mean, if your relationship is built on the Maple Leafs, then I feel bad for <laughs> Well, you. yeah, that's, that's already in shambles. That's yeah. already in shambles. Yeah. Can, I, can I give another example? Of course, I yeah. mean, while we're here? Yeah. Sure. The, 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 um, I saw this work out really powerfully in Barbados. Mm. So we moved down there for a couple of years and we got our own place and um, we, were kind of, we were trying to find a, a church and, you know, in the meantime, we thought, look, I'm, I'm still a Christian down here and I'm going to just share the gospel with people. And on Monday nights, we invited, you know, friends and we invited, you know, guys I met at the hardware store and guys who worked for us on the crew, a lady who worked for us in our home and former friend like Beck, people Beck knew from her past, a whole different group of people. Monday night, we come over, 
you know, spaghetti and chili every single Monday night. And uh, I would teach through, I would teach through something. So in the, we did this and, and there was such a variety of people there that would never, ever associate with one another and be hanging out with one another. We had our, our dear friend, um, Sarah, worked for us and she came, we invited her to our Christmas party for this group. And we noticed, we were upstairs on the patio or whatever, and we noticed that she wasn't around. So we go and she's down in the kitchen. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, like you're part of the party, you know? You're not cooking, you know? We're not, you're not working. You're here to be a part of our community. And she came up and she was just so surprised to see that it wasn't all white people. Like she just, she was just like, oh, like, what is actually going on here? This is very weird. And uh, not, just, not just race, but even class. I mean, we, we had people in our group who, you know, come from a, a class that I would never really mingle with here, you know, well, way above where we are. But there's also people who are way lower than we are, that I would never, ever have an opportunity to really be around other than in Barbados. And yet we all sat in the living room. We all ate a meal together. That had a huge impact on what the gospel meant for those people. And when we actually shared about, you know, Ephesians and the gospel uniting Jew and Gentile and slave and free and these types of things, you're like, yeah, it does do that. Mm. Whereas if you just preach that and it never actually works that way, you know, it's, it's, it just, it's just an idea in the air. So that's where these, these kind of passions I have around surrounding hospitality really formed, you know, and solidified. It's like, this, this is powerful. This mm. is a powerful expression of the gospel and an amazing tool, not only to building up Christian community and reflecting the gospel to one another, but to actually reaching those outside of the church and giving opportunity to, pro to embody and proclaim the gospel. Yeah, and, and, and I think we've, we've stressed kind of the, the importance for every Christian, no matter where you're at in life, to be doing some form of hospitality. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, it's also good to mention that I think there are some people who are especially gifted yeah. with hospitality. Yeah. You know, they have, it, it's hard to quantify in a definition, but they have a warmth about them. They have yeah. a, <clears throat> a conversational gift, making people feel at ease. Maybe they're good cooks. And, and if, if, you, if you have that gift, then... I mean, use that. That oh, all, all of the gifts are working together for the good of the body. Uh, yeah. And and uh, and uh, yeah, just just that is a great gift to have and a real benefit to any church. It's a huge gift. It's not a superficial, yeah, shallow right. thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't think you need a big house and be able to provide lots of food in order to be hospitable. I think you could be in a dorm room mm -hmm. and be hospitable. But in the New Testament, I mean, these churches met in houses. Yeah. yeah and people provided the houses. And I think it's a huge gift to a congregation when there's people, I mean, look, we started as students, almost none of us had places when we, when we were doing this. We were meeting in uh, you know, the G-pad, oh, no, student the, houses, yeah, it was G -pad. gross. <laughs> but uh, we've got people in our church who have, who have the space and they've said, you know, we, we wanted to make sure when we got this, that this would be a place we can host, mm. we can be hospitable. Mm -hmm. And we crammed those places, like, you know, 20, 25 people, sometimes more. And it's a huge gift. And the growth that we've seen, not because of the bricks and mortar, but because of what we're able to do 
there is massive. It's just an example of people using what they've been given, using their gifts. It's huge, you know? And, and yeah, we want people, it's like, hey, I'm not a preacher, you know, I don't lead the worship, or, you know, what do I do? It's like, do you have a house? Do you have a room? <laughs> can, can you cook food? Can you make ramen noodles? Yeah, yeah can you make ramen noodles? That covers about everybody then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that covers everybody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, any, any, any other comments, any other words, any other things that we didn't talk about that um, still could be addressed? No, but I just, I just <laughs> want to say that I hope that this podcast is the spark that ignites a fire of hospitality yes. in our mm. congregation. Yes, that would be amazing. Uh, and Malachi, I expect ramen noodles at your place tomorrow night. <laughs> All right, we'll do that. <laughs> uh. Well, thanks for listening. Again, uh, you can check us out on our website, hillcitybaptist.com. Feel free to get in touch with us about uh, comments, concerns, questions, or suggested topics. We haven't actually had any suggested topics in a while, so feel free to throw those down and we'll take a look at them. Uh, we hope to see you next week. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>